leave room for the magic. And by magic, I mean spirit. Leave room for spirit to show up and show out. Like to be at full capacity is so 1900s, right? Like let's not live to be at full capacity. Let's be at the 60 so that we can leave enough spaciousness for spirit to get us to the 85. And then we still have spaciousness to just rest. Welcome to My Spiritual Friends from Worthy Well, the podcast that's here to affirm and inspire you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Shelby Renee Giles. Grab some tea and settle in as I dive deep into the stories behind the spiritual awakenings and numinous experiences of people from all walks of life and how those experiences changed how they see and care for themselves and the world around them. We're here to normalize your spiritual experiences in the physical realm, one story at a time. Come out of your spiritual closet with us. Hello. Thank you for joining for another episode. I hope you are well. And for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, I hope you are settling in beautifully to summer. One of my favorite seasons. So I'm glad to be back with another episode, our third episode of the season. And I always get so lit up when I get to have these conversations with dear friends. And Imani is someone who I consider a dear friend and also a visionary and someone who I know will really resonate deeply with you all as well. So I'm talking about Imani Joy Samuels to be exact. We get into a really beautiful conversation about regarding rest as sacred and really beautifully exploring how it shows up in Imani's life, just beautiful reflections around motherhood and partnership and entrepreneurship. So before we get into it, let me tell you a little bit about Imani. So Imani Joy Samuels is a spiritual thought leader, speaker, and advocate for stillness and rest as means to find peace. As a champion of the practice of rest, Imani founded Huru an organization on a mission to ensure every American has access to rest. Through her work, Imani dreams of a world that celebrates stillness as a means to discover peace. Imani is also the creator of the Serenity Act, which challenges employers, government officials, and industry leaders to enact paid mental health leave. Her efforts to lead solo, group, and corporate rest retreats have helped thousands of individuals and organizations across North America, Nigeria, South Africa, Senegal, Taiwan, UAE, and the UK. Beyond her work with Huru, Imani is part of the Harvard Divinity School's working group, Past and Futures. She also serves as a consultant and speaker, promoting the importance of rest and stillness in personal and professional lives. 
Before embarking on her journey as a spiritual thought leader, Imani directed loyalty marketing at AARP and account management at a host of advertising agencies. She holds a Master of Arts degree in public communication from American University and is a graduate of the Spirituality Mind Body Program at Teachers College, Columbia University. She is also a graduate of Howard University where she studied democratization and dance. Imani is married with two young feminists, both who have a great sense of curiosity, purpose, and imagination. She is deeply committed to creating a world where everyone has access to rest and is inspired by the transformative power of stillness. Let's get into it. Hello. Hi, Shelby. Hi, Imani. It's so good to see you. So good to see your face. Yes. (laughs) This has been a long time coming. I feel like ever since I first met you, I knew that I wanted to have this conversation with you because, you know, our connection just felt so aligned right away. And I've always wanted to really, you know, dive into how the beautiful work you're doing ties into your spiritual journey and just your really beautiful perspective on what it means to be well. And so thank you. Thank you for joining. Thank you for offering your your beautiful energy to this space and to the podcast. Really grateful to have you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share space with you. And thank you for seeing me. I feel like last time we were together in physical presence, it was around the same time. It was yeah, in the same time of day. And um, we were sharing a meal, I believe. And mm-hmm. so it's good to go back there. Feels good. Yes, I thought of that shortly before we hopped on to that it was the same time of day. (laughs) And it was just the perfect little quiet space, you know, to connect and share. And so looking forward to doing more of that. Mm. And as you know, I always start with how I meet my guests. Um, In many cases, it's how I meet my friends because I you know, certainly consider you a friend, but you and I met through Lauren Ash, uh, our mutual friend and connection. And I started doing some really beautiful uh, work with Huru, um, facilitating um, breath work and energy healing for your clients in LA. And that has been, you know, really beautiful and just amazing to have even an inside look into, you know, this beautiful manifestation of your vision, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm just grateful, you know, grateful for that, for that connection and continued friendship with you. Yeah. I'm grateful. Shout out to Lauren for Mm -hmm. like having an orbit of brilliance. Yes. Genius around her. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so let's dive into the conversation. 
Um, one thing that I'm just really passionate about with this podcast is really sharing the evolution of spirituality as it relates to how our spiritual journeys inform how we live, how we take care of ourselves, how we love, mm. um, in your case, how we even parent, you know, I'm sure that's a huge, you know, part of it. And so um, I love to start from the very beginning of, you know, what spirituality meant for you growing up. What did spirituality look like and how did it present in your life from a very young age? Mm-hmm. I mean, spirituality to me looked like late nights and early mornings on my knees with my grandmother, um, mm -hmm. just being a witness to her pray. Yeah. She, I actually have lots of grandmothers. My maternal mm -hmm. grandmother, who her name is Rhody, she actually changed her name at the age of 10. She lived in Smithfield, North Carolina, a small little town. And I would spend summers there. And every morning mm -hmm. and every evening, we would pray. She would pray. And I would just wonder during this like really extended time period, <laughs> um, <laughs> like what, what was she navigating through? I had no idea. And it would only be me. I'm the youngest of five grandchildren. No one else would, would join her. I don't know if that was, hmm. I, I don't know why that was divine, I'm sure. But yeah, that was how it showed up for me with one grandmother kind of in physical presence of spirit. Hmm. And while I didn't know what was happening, what she was requesting and why, and why she was so passionate um, I knew there was a power and a force so greater than every suffering in this world. Mm. I had another grandmother, a God grandmother. I grew up in the Presbyterian church. My birth faith is mm. Christian. And um, Presbyterians are known to be a little conservative. It was a, a small black church in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I grew up and. Mm -hmm. We had an adopted grandmother in that church, and we would sit on the mm -hmm. same pew every every week um, on the left-hand side of the church. And my parents, who were transplants to that city, just adopted her like she was uh, a godmother figure. Mm. And I remember like sitting on my mom's lap and chewing the pew in front of me because it was so sweet. And mm -hmm. so I didn't realize it at that time, but like spirituality was in the form of nature. Like it was this wooden pew. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a connection between that tree and my satisfaction. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. The sweetness of the pew. And, and my grandmother, my God grandmother, her name is Ruby. She sat uh, toward kind of the stained glass window. And every time we had communion, she would offer communion to me and my older brother, Ian, in the form of like mm. a peppermint. <laughs> it 
we would break the peppermint as if we were breaking bread. And that was kind of our foray into communion, which is really just this exchange of intimate thought. Um, Mm -hmm. And so those are the memories that I like cling to when I'm thinking of the very first kind of early moments of what spirituality looked like, like in its Mm. physical form. It felt good. It felt um, love-led. Mm-hmm. It felt mighty and powerful and omnipotent, all, all the things that you hear if you grow up in the Christian faith. And, and that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, on my dad's side, on my paternal side, in Chester, South Carolina, I also like heard the, the pitter-patter of the wood by the stomping and the acoustics in the church. And so Mm. everything was very old soul Baptist. Mm -hmm. I don't even recall there being any musical instruments in that Mm. space aside from our bodies. And so just the powerful hymns and hums of our bodies, clapping and patting and stomping, that was what spirituality looked like as well. Wow. That's such a beautiful expression of a strong foundation built. You know, I've never heard anyone touch on the nature aspect of it um, from that early age, you know, to be able to look back and consider the the taste of the wood and the sound of the rhythms, you know, that, you know, the congregation's bodies made in communion with the nature of the wood. I mean, that's just such a beautiful way to um, express that. And I could actually see it all happening as you were describing it. Mm. So thank you for that. Those are such beautiful memories. And as you continue to grow in your faith and um, carry, you know, this foundation with you, was there a point where things started to shift for you or evolve into a broader perspective? And, and if so, when did that start to happen for you in your life? Oh, yeah. I mean... They are ever evolving. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the perspective on spirituality just keeps expanding. I'm like, what isn't spiritual? I mean, I had a professor in my spirituality, my body program at Columbia say, what isn't spiritual? Like, isn't everything spiritual? If it's, if everything is from someone's imagination, isn't that spiritual? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But I remember he also, that same professor, Dr. Mitch Saskin, um, Jewish white man who I uh, wanted to resist but could only soak up his wisdom. Um, He talked about the soul's journey and how, you know, when we're younger, we're full of spirit, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. And then as we grow into adolescence, there's this soul's journey of integration with ego. Mm. And I remember 
pretty vividly adopting an egoic uh, kind of attitude, probably Mm -hmm. around middle school age, where I was Mm -hmm. learning my voice, learning some values and what I cared about. And at that point, I think it was mostly centered around reproductive rights Mm -hmm. and kind of the intersection or friction that some faiths, you know, either support or Mm. don't as it relates to reproductive rights. And I remember, I remember at the time, this is so crazy that it's coming back to me. I remember at the time being very Mm. pro-life and Mm -hmm. like just wondering how someone could take a human life. And so those, that was a, a shift that I was feeling in myself around Mm. like, who am I? What do I believe? I knew I believed in environmental wisdom. Like I was a true environmentalist at heart. Um, Mm -hmm. But then there were these other very conservative views that seemed to conflict with that ideology. Mm. And uh, like, I just didn't know who I was. (laughs) I mean, who does at that age? (laughs) Right. Right. Um, And then to have experienced later in life, the choice of how I navigate my birth experiences mm-hmm. kind of brought me full circle and my, my whole ideology changed um, mm-hmm. kind of in a moment. And you really, that just goes to show you, you don't know until you're in it. And so sometimes yeah. the spirit doesn't reveal itself until circumstance happens. Yes. That's so true. And it can literally be a moment, like you said, I've seen it happen in myself. I've seen it happen in others where one day you're one way and then the next day everything has changed, you know, (laughs) and I think that's the, that's the wonder of, Mm -hmm. you know, this life, one of the wonders of this life and um, being available to, to that is my intention, you know, yes. and, and sounds like yours as well, yeah. just being available to, um, to that evolution, yes. you know? Yeah. I love that. It is beautiful. Yeah. When we think about there's so much, like there's no one way of thinking or living or being. Mm-hmm. I love that. The wonder. Yeah. And I love that you had a professor who kind of influenced this idea that everything is spiritual. Um, I'm not sure I fully grasped that concept until my um, 30s, you know, Mm -hmm. where I just, I was having these these personal experiences and, and I looked around and I was just like, everything like it's everything everything is spiritual yeah like there's no experience that's not spiritual and so that really does widen our um perspective on you know beyond you know religion and Mm -hmm. into really the fabric of our lives and and I know um, for me personally, one thing that um, I noticed as my perspective broadened was that 
my spirituality was no longer compartmentalized where when I used to, you know, keep it, hold it in this box of religion, it was very, you know, compartmentalized. Mm. Uh, whereas now I'm just like constantly talking to God, you know, yes. and seeing God, you know, and everything everywhere. Yes. So I love, I love that you shared that. So beautiful. Yeah. And, and was there a moment? Was there a particular moment that really stands out for you where you kind of decided to take a new, more intentional path to where this new concept of spirituality was really like woven through the fabric of your life, you know, because I, I very much, you know, see that in you now where I, I see, I mean, everyone is a spiritual being and I see it in you more, um, more readily at the surface, um, particularly in how you've chosen to serve. And so I'm curious about uh, whether there was a turning point where you kind of doubled down and said, I'm here to serve in this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a sequence of moments, but there were two really big ones, which are the only moments where I've vividly heard spirit speak directly to me mm. when in other instances I've heard spirit through others because we see God in everything like you just mm -hmm. mentioned. But there were two instances. One was God telling me, go marry that man. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The night before I had this dream and God said, go marry this man. His mother showed up in my dream. His mother had been deceased for mm. um, almost mm -hmm. a couple decades. And the next day he proposed. Mm. And I was like, wow. wow. So I did that. That's worked out. You know, mm -hmm. marriage is mm -hmm. hard, but uh, mm -hmm. we've made it over the 10-year hump and we are fully in love. Yes, I can tell. <laughs> um. But then the second time was after I have two daughters, the mm -hmm. oldest, well, both of them would oftentimes tell me like, mommy, you're so tired. And I knew that, like, I knew that, but to hear it from the mouth of babes is always mm. just so enlightening and brutally honest. And I knew I was tired because I had been working on what I was really passionate about, a social impact tech project, um, one of the biggest in our organization for a really major organization. And I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I was formally trained and in a different competency. And so I was kind of learning mm -hmm. as I was going and building. And, and so it was a lot of long nights and early mornings, which corresponds back to my grandmother on her knees. And mm. I remember, I think I would wake up around 3 a.m. to just get work done, get as much mm. as I could done. And sometimes that looked like researching because I didn't know how to do certain things or learning about this very new audience. Um, mm -hmm. 
And then after that, I would get the girls up and get them ready for school and haul them across town. But after Paz said, mommy, you're always so tired. I was like, wow, maybe I should reevaluate. So that was a consideration. It still wasn't enough for me to change my behavior. It wasn't Mm -hmm. until uh, I was actually packing the girls up and any mother or caregiver knows that like once you haul your girls off or your kids off to the the grandparents, you got to do a body scan. And so I did a body scan before we drove down 85 to Charlotte and I was, I saw her skin and I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? Like there was just this huge rare skin condition that I had never Mm. seen that I was devastated as a mother to discover for the first time, like, how Mm. have I never seen this before? I started sobbing. Um, Mm. I called my mother who very calmly and in her deep Southern accent said, it's okay. It's okay, Imani. Call the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And so I called the doctor and thank God, because had it continued, it could have been skin cancer is what the doctor said, Mm. could have developed in a skin cancer. And that Mm. was what I needed to change my behavior, to hear Mm. that this life-threatening illness could have taken my daughter's life was what changed my behavior. And so oftentimes these existential crises Mm -hmm. are the pivot, like they are the life defining moment. And that is when I fully delve into stillness. I Mm. I kind of committed to myself and to her and my husband Mm. and my other daughter that no longer would mommy be working early mornings, late nights and weekends. Like I would be committed to you. Mm. and I didn't know how to do that. All I knew was that I had to just be, and so instead of working and pulling out the laptop, laptop, I just sat in stillness. That's when I really discovered the mm. power, its power of stillness, sitting still for hours every morning, and that mm. was the second time spirit spoke to me in my mm. life. I've been alive for 39 years, mm. and spirit said, you have to go minister rest to other people who are yearning it. Mm. And so that kind of put me on a, a path to pursue spiritual psychology, spiritual wellness, eco psychology, kind of those mm-hmm. fields um, and, and how I met Dr. Saskin in that program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Like, such a beautiful turning point. And it reminds me also that everything is as it should be. You know, that was such an important moment, you know, for you to really ground into your path. And when I watch you, the times that I've gotten the, you know, opportunity and pleasure to to watch you on this path, it's just, I just see this, you know, incredibly grounded, aligned woman who is on a relentless mission. And it's inspiring. It's incredibly inspiring. So I'm grateful that you, you know, had that recognition and said yes 
you know, and I know lots of other people are mm -hmm. and many more people to come. We'll be grateful for that. So thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, thank you for for mirroring back to me. I think I'm very blessed and grateful to have discovered my tribe, I think, during COVID, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. to have met Lauren and to have met you and to cultivate community, a community of just these like-spirited beings. And, um, yeah. and that's what we need, right? Like, yes. That's everything. Yes. It, it truly is so important. I admittedly used to be such a loner. <laughs> and, and it really did, you know, take this journey for me to really, I just um, seeing, I guess, versions of myself and other, other women, both present, past, aspirational, yes. you know, yes. it's been so important. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And also the fact that spirit, you know, aligns you with the right people at the right time, mm -hmm. you know, for where you are in your life. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, really beautiful when, when you recognize that that is what's happening. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. 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 I mean, fun time for spirit. I'm sure ancestors are looking down like all our babies are together <laughs> <laughs> i love that absolutely yeah. absolutely mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i also love that you um started the journey with empowering yourself with with knowledge you know and i think that's so important because you know, sometimes things can very easily get compartmentalized. And so knowing that you, with the spiritual foundation that you had, you knew that all of these things were connected. You know, you knew that obviously psychology was connected and you had this beautiful experience in your program where even more connections were being made. And so can you talk a little bit about the moment Guru came to you, or if it was a moment or gradual or how that came to be? Yeah, I think it was gradual if I'm like mm. recalling properly because I had a dream 20 years ago about having a little bed and breakfast. Mm. And I mean, that is the core kind of paradigm of Huru. Mm -hmm. I'd had a dream about having this bed and breakfast, at, uh, an aspiration, aspirational dream. Mm -hmm. And it probably coalesced after the loss of George Floyd, after his passing in 2020. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. so much changed in the world. Yeah. But you just like heard these very silent cries and echoes from like friends and neighbors and cousins all around the country of like, I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. Yeah. And so that gave this once upon a time bed and breakfast some meaning. And mm -hmm. knowing that I had a desire to stay in the social impact space 
it was almost like, how could I marry these two ideas of offering people rest, but still feeding them and nourishing them? Mm-hmm. And then just from the corporate business sense, which was the space that I was in at the time, as I was trying to figure everything out, it was like, well, how can I do this in a sustainable business model? <laughs> and what about this offers a compelling competitive advantage to other spaces? And it was really mm-hmm. this idea of solo silence, of um, mm-hmm. embracing, savoring, basking in the silence as a single guest. And yes. I just thought about like, there's been so much chronic exhaustion passed down from generation. Like it didn't start in 2020. Yes, it was yes. exacerbated, but people were doing far more than us centuries ago, 400 years mm-hmm. ago. We had folks who were nursing their own babies and other babies. We had folks who were tending to domestic work and outside work. I mean, three jobs. They, they say that's like the Jamaican thing, but no, that that's mm-hmm. rooted in the DNA of our country. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow. And yeah. so to inherit that, sometimes without even knowing, it requires very intentional rest. In fact, I, I do yeah. believe that we need like a generation of rest where we mm-hmm. are doing nothing, where we are just being Mm-hmm. And that was the idea behind Huru. It's Swahili. It means free. And mm-hmm. the philosophy is that we're allowing individuals the time and the space to discover and explore themselves through mm-hmm. source with no distraction. And that they're not burdened with the day-to-day stressors that we navigate oftentimes as, as we play all of these roles in one given breath, you know? So how can we remove all of those barriers of caregiver, whatever that means? It could be dog owner, it could be uh, Mm -hmm. parent caregiver, like so many roles that we play. How can we show up for one person by nourishing their mind, their body, their soul with meals that reflect metaphysical symbolism we serve a whole fish that means we're inviting abundance in how can Mm -hmm. we guide them through practices that align with their season of life exactly like you mentioned through breath work through healing through energy movement through Mm -hmm. embodied wisdom all of it and how can we just give them the space to rest Yes. So that was the impetus behind Huru. It actually, fun fact, it started as uh, there was an idea and we called it the spiritual villa. But then we had to do a project in our spiritual wellness practicum. And so I was with a group of two other women and we kind of designed a workshop series that then was later adapted into this weekend experience. And so Mm. it's lived on beyond kind of its initial mission, which I'm so grateful for. Mm. I love that. And lives have been impacted around the world because of it. Yes. Yes. 
It's incredible. And I love that you, um, it's, it's really fun to, even with myself, uh, fun to witness people who have this uh, business background and, you know, corporate background. I know you have and had a, a, a brilliant career, you know, prior to your now brilliant career. And um, it's really beautiful to kind of see all of that come together. And I love that you had this realization that solo rest was not only a differentiator, but what was needed. Like where else could you go that curated an intentional experience just for solo rest, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I love that it came to you in that way. And um, yeah, it's been beautiful to like witness people in that space. You can just see the gratitude um, just oozing from them and that experience. And, um, and another thing that I've been navigating myself and I know um, many others, you know, navigate is just the concept of, being the work and doing the work, you know? Mm. And um, one of my spiritual mentors put it as, I think she said something like, she believes that anyone who makes the decision of becoming an entrepreneur is also choosing to do spiritual work. You know, yeah. it is such a, an environment for growth and personal learning and reflection. So, can you talk a little bit about what you've learned about yourself through this journey with Huru so far? Yeah, I mean, how long you got, Shelby? <laughs> <laughs> Every day is a true new experience. Mm-hmm. In the liminal space between leaving kind of my corporate job and pursuing who full-time because I was doing both for so long that that's kind Mm -hmm. of all that I knew I was doing both I was in a master's program I was like Mm -hmm. in the middle of a Mm -hmm. pandemic it felt like a lot and I knew I Mm -hmm. had to give something up and so I did choose to give up my corporate career Mm -hmm. on Juneteenth so that was like my freedom Mm -hmm. my bell and I think I was lost for those first probably six months. I was lost. Mm. I'm like, what do I do with my time? (laughs) Because there was ample of it. There was an abundance of it that I was so used to someone telling me what they needed Mm. that I just didn't know what to do as a founder and CEO. Like, how do I even spend my time? So it took It took some time creating a framework for my day and week Mm. and month. I mean, I told a friend last week, I said, I think I'm only intended to work two weeks a month (laughs) Mm. just based on my energy levels. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, Mm -hmm. I believe self-diagnosed, I'm experiencing perimenopause, which has its own set Mm. of Mm -hmm. beautiful revelations. And mm-hmm. like, how do I navigate that and do the work? And we, not only do we have our signature experience that's 
really experiential and highly curated and, and high touch, but we're mm-hmm. trying to pass legislation to, to get mm-hmm. folks access to rest. We're working yeah. through a big tech component to democratize rest all over the world. So there are these different mm-hmm. bodies of work that require attention and care. And yeah. I think there are three things that I've learned along the way. One is to leave room for the magic. Mm. And by magic, I mean spirit. Leave room for spirit to show up and show out. Like Mm -hmm. To be at full capacity is so 1900s, right? Like, (laughs) Let's not live to be at full capacity. Let's be at the 60 so that we can leave enough spaciousness for spirit to get us to the 85. And then we still have spaciousness to just rest. Yes. And so that's a big, that's been a big learning for me is not to consume every hour of my day. Yeah. I think another learning is um, I have a life partner. And so I'm very blessed that I have like a living encourager Uh, Mm -hmm. who gives me the space to do what I need. And Mm -hmm. that has been the biggest blessing ever. Like, I just Mm -hmm. cannot imagine the, okay, you got this. Like, the the confidence that he has in me, I'm just, like, very, very grateful Mm -hmm. for all of the safety that he offers me psychologically and spiritually financially Mm -hmm. and physically so having a partner it's actually just like I would encourage uh, friends who want a baby but don't yet have a partner and are exploring or considering doing it doing it alone it's hard to do it when you even have a partner so it's going to be much Mm -hmm. harder when you're doing it alone and God Mm -hmm. didn't design us to be loners like Mm-hmm. We relish yeah. in that sometimes, but we we're so designed to be interconnected. Our consciousness answers one another and thrives off one another. The trees do that. Mm-hmm. The mushrooms do that. Like that's mm-hmm. just how our ecosystem works. Is that we're so interconnected, and so I'm I am grateful for his presence in my life. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, and his volunteer roles with Huru. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then I think the third thing is to just ask for what you want. Like Mm. gone are the days where I feel it necessary to beat around the bush or to sugarcoat or to, Mm -hmm. I think we're at the point where we can be direct and still respectful. Yeah. And it doesn't have to feel it can still feel altruistic a bit. It can still feel like Mm -hmm. we are serving our brothers and sisters, even in those direct asks. So those have been the three learning lessons for me. That's beautiful. And you model that last one so well, just from interacting with you. I can attest to that. (laughs) (laughs) You model it really well Shelby you always show up for me I'm like (laughs) oh my goodness she's like an angel walking on this earth like the epitome of heaven on earth 
Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I feel the same way about you. So clearly, you know, this is very mutual. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, what you said about partnership, 100%, you know, I totally get that. Now, I think now more than ever, I get that. Um, So I'm glad that you really articulated that so beautifully. And, you know, I love that you told the previous story of how that was one of the moments that God spoke to you. And this was always, you know, how you were meant to be supported um, for you to be on path. So I love that. Girl, I mean, (laughs) when I say it's been a journey, it's been a journey. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so speaking of the spirituality of, you know, running, growing a, I don't even want to call it a business. Like it's, you know, earlier Mm -hmm. I said a manifestation of your vision, but going back to the spirituality of that all, what are some, I guess, more tangible ways that you are supporting yourself um, as, you know, the founder and CEO of Huru, as a mother, as a wife, and a wonderful friend, you know, I know you also show up for so many people in your life. Mm. So what are some of the, I guess, practices, spiritual practices that really help sustain you in your life? Yeah, today, I mean, it's, I'm not only the founder, but I'm also a member. So I mm-hmm. rest. I uh, mm-hmm. I go to Huru twice a year, um, mm-hmm. as we encourage. Mm-hmm. It's almost like your dental checkup. I love that. I have my own time. Uh, so th- those are some semi-annual practices where I have my mm-hmm. own weekend. That's self-guided. I just guide myself. Mm-hmm. But I also like every day, well, every week, every Monday, I rest. So Monday is my off day. Mm-hmm. I don't do anything for anybody else. So if you text me or call me or email me asking me to do something for you, you will get a response on Tuesday. That is like mm-hmm. just the desire that I have to take care for myself. Um mm-hmm. I also spend Wednesday afternoons doing whatever I'd like. So I have a chunk of time from noon to five to do use that time however I desire. It could be mm-hmm. work or it could not be. Um, it could be also an additional time for rest. Um, mm-hmm. Every day I... I, I don't know if he knows this, but I wake up and I synchronize my breath with his breath, my husband's breath. Mm. And he's still sleeping. But just to get that collective nervous system mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. syncopation and rhythm so that we are mm-hmm. on the same breath. Um, <laughs> That's beautiful. That's what I do with him every morning. Mm -hmm. And then usually, uh, sporadically, I used to do this more consistently. I don't as much anymore. Um, I create a to-feel list. So how do I want to feel today? 
And based on that sentiment, I align the actions or the tasks that support that feeling and sentiment. Um, I usually drink a glass of water in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I have, I've actually, I love to write, but I Mm -hmm. stopped writing back in 2021, I believe. I felt like Mm -hmm. I was writing to impress someone and it it just Mm -hmm. didn't feel good, even though it was my own, my own Mm -hmm. journal. And so I started voice noting to myself Mm. and I've been doing that more consistently last year now i do it uh every time i i dream so it's my dream mm-hmm. journal is my voice note so every morning i record okay. my dream from the night before uh if i can recall it and uh those are just a few of the practices i talk to my friends every day mm-hmm. i mean i facetime mm-hmm. candy i talk to tina mm-hmm. um reese bola like I call my friends every day. <laughs> um, that like community that. is huge for me. Mm-hmm. I talk to my parents every day. Mm-hmm. It is very important to me to have an active voice from the elders to be mm-hmm. participatory in my growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they know that I seek accountability from them that I seek insight Mm. and wisdom from them um Mm -hmm. and I usually dance with my girls at least once a week yeah that's beautiful yeah those are the practices (laughs) yeah and so much of it it sounds like such a beautiful balance of structure and flow Mm. and uh a friend of mine put it as um uh, creating, you know, divinely masculine structure to support your feminine flow. And I love thinking of it that way. Yeah. But what you just described very much feels, feels that way. So thank you for sharing that. I know that, you know, people listening, my hope in, you know, having folks share this is that something just touches the soul of you know someone listening and it just resonates with them as a practice that they like to you know adopt and so that's so beautiful thank you for sharing all of those and um and yeah so on the tail end of this conversation there are two other questions i i always love to ask and one of those is um a hindsight question. So knowing what you know now, you know, about your, your own journey, I, you know, your spiritual journey, we don't even need to say spiritual because it's just innately a spiritual journey, but um, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give the little girl who was kneeling next to her grandmother um, as she prayed? Mm. Oh, Shelby. <laughs> What advice would I give her? You know, little little Imani Joy, that's what they call me down south, Imani <laughs> Joy. I would say, and this is something I've learned more recently, mm-hmm. I was raised to be well-rounded. And mm-hmm. in pursuit of that, I did not know what I loved. I knew mm-hmm. what I was good at. And... Um, 
I knew where I was well respected, but I didn't mm-hmm. know what brought me joy mm. and peace and happiness. And so I would probably tell Imani Joy to trust the love within. Mm. To trust the love within. Mm-hmm. That spirit is not going to lead her astray. Mm. Yeah. That's a big one. And, you know, because spirit speaks through joy, you know, through peace, through the things that resonate deeply with our souls. I've been thinking a lot about that lately mm. as well. So I love, I love that so much. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you for asking. That was good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> That's so good. Mm. Well, this whole conversation has been so good, as is every conversation I have with you. Uh, so no surprise there. Likewise. But to, to wrap us up, is there anything you want to share with listeners about um, what you're working on? You know, we'll, of course, have info in the show notes, but... Anything about Huru that you want people to know about? Yes, absolutely. This is great because I think this is the first time I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> Thank oh, I'm you. excited. <laughs> I, we've been, um, Huru has been booked for the last kind of 18 months, year and a half. And so mm. we're excited to be reopening our calendar to the public mm, again. That's exciting. It feels yummy and delicious and nervous. And like mm-hmm. we've had a wait list for a little bit. And so to be able to welcome folks into our doors again mm-hmm. is I'm just so excited. And not only that, but they'll get to do it in a more sophisticated way through our new booking engine that will launch in a few months where you don't necessarily have to come to DC. So there will be other spaces and places for you to rest and be cared for. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Wow. That's so exciting. So, so so exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I know there are lots of people who are just eager to, be able to experience this this space, this rest, this calling, you know? Um, so I'm excited that more people will have that opportunity soon. Me too. Um, including myself. I haven't done the experience yet, although oh every time I, I go, I'm like, oh my God, I need to book this for myself. <laughs> oh my goodness, Shelby. It's done. It's done. Yes. Yeah, so I will definitely be keeping an eye out. Definitely. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Of course. And thank you again. Like, this has been so, so beautiful, um, as it always is with you, of course. And I'm just grateful for your friendship and, Mm. and just for your wisdom and for sharing your story with listeners. Um, I know it's going to inspire folks and I'm just excited to continue to 
you know, walk alongside you on this journey. So thank you. Thank you, Shelby. This invitation was everything my soul needed. It has been mutually nourishing. I am reminded that I am, that we are a miracle. So thank you. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to my spiritual friends. I'm Worthy Well. If you enjoyed the conversation, be sure to leave a review and hit the follow button to be notified about new episodes. You can follow me on Instagram at Shelby Renee Giles. And to keep up with Worthy Well, join the list at worthywell.co. Until next time, journey well.